Many years ago, my doctoral advisor, Paul J. Ochtmeyer, suggested that someone study the relation of law and covenant in Paul's thought. While I did not pursue that avenue during my doctoral studies, pursuing instead the closely related matter of Paul's understanding of the law, the thought was well planted, and I have been intrigued with the question for almost three decades. In addition to Professor Ochtmeyer's influence, I must mention my former colleague at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary, the late Meredith G. Klein. Professor Klein's study of ancient Near Eastern Covenant treaties and the bearing of such on biblical studies has stimulated the thinking of all who have known his work. He has also stimulated my interest in the relation of law and covenant, whether in the Bible generally or in Paul's letters specifically. Whether Professors Ochtemeyer or Klein would be satisfied or instructed with the results of my pursuing this line of question, I may never know, but I do know that I am grateful to them both for stimulating the pursuit. I should also herein acknowledge my appreciation to those students at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary, Westminster Theological Seminary, and Covenant Theological Seminary, who have studied Galatians and or Paul with me since 1984. They have dutifully fulfilled their assigned task in the scheme of things by playing stump the teacher with untiring, if not always equally cogent, zeal. One student objected to my views on the ground that he couldn't find them represented in the current commentaries. I asked him if he would believe them if I wrote a commentary, and he looked even more puzzled than before, if that were possible in his case. In the process, they have caused me to modify and more carefully express a number of my thoughts about Galatians. Just as importantly, not one has come even close to shaking my confidence in my fundamental perspective regarding the problem at Galatia, or the nature of Paul's reasoning therein. Considering how motivated they ordinarily are to rebut the cockamamie hypothesis of their professors— their inability to shake my confidence in my position has, in fact, enhanced that confidence. E.P. Sanders has served the field of Pauline scholarship well in recent decades. Aspects of his theses have not enjoyed universal popularity, yet he has stimulated the field to re-evaluate Paul in a profoundly fresh way. Whether Palestinian Judaism was precisely as Sanders described it, or perhaps more, variegated, is now somewhat irrelevant to Pauline studies. The important contribution is this. We no longer assume, prima facie, that Paul's problem with the law was exclusively or primarily due to an alleged meritorious abuse thereof. While Professor Dunn, referring primarily to Sanders, may have been optimistic in referring to a single new perspective on Paul, I think it is fair to say that there are many new perspectives on Paul that have arisen from Sanders raising the question of whether there may not be more to Paul's polemic with the law than merely meritorious legalism. Indeed, it is easy to agree with Professor I. Howard Marshall's assessment that many of the newer interpretations need not be perceived as mutually exclusive.